Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Scott here with Woke Societies here to drop a pack full, pack full episode of content for you all. I'm going to be shedding some light at the end of this tunnel for this virus, and we're going to be talking about a lot of topics here. And I'm going to try to cram it in as fast as I can and try to get this on in under an hour. Um, I was going to do a live stream tonight. It's not going to work out. Mrs. Woke has her own podcast thing going on tonight with her women's group, so there's got to be compromises made. She has surely sacrificed a lot for me to do as much as, as sink as much time into this show and channel as, as, as I do. So compromises have to be made. So she's got the captain's share tonight. So that's why I'm recording this today for all my podcasters out there. I know it's been like a week since you've heard from me. I've been doing live streams and I haven't been recording the audio to put in a file for you guys. I'm going to do that going forward. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people have been reaching out to me. What's going on with the podcast? Well, I just haven't been recording the live streams and those have been substituting in for my normal recorded episodes. So I'll get those out. So that is that, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, a lot of bad people in the beginning, a lot of fake media. Um, we're going to be talking about Steinlarp in just a minute. You guys are going to be blown away with information that came out about him today. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an amazing episode. You're going to be educated. You're going to be challenged today, but that's what this channel is all about. This channel is not always about finding the answers because that is certainly not what you're going to get here. You're going to get questions, that are good questions, good posing questions uh, that need to be asked and thought about. So before we get into the content, let's get into the shameless plugs here. Go to the Woke Society's YouTube page, like, share, comment, tell your friends and family about this channel. Let them know we are the news now. We are the new independent media. Let everybody know. Get the like, hit the like, and let them know about this channel. If you guys want to support me and up increase that fandom, go to my Patreon here for as little as a dollar a month, or you can do any more than that. You can do $12 a year if you wanted to. That is totally fine. All this money goes back into the channel. If you hate big tech, big social media, go to my backup channel at BitChute. All my episodes are there as well. Check out my WokeSocieties.com webpage where you can find all my podcasting platform direct links here if you want to download my content on the go. It's all there for you. There are no excuses not to get my content. And when you click on my nice little store link here, it brings you to my store page, which has all my cool Woke and Q gear that you can imagine. And we're going to be slowly adding in, hopefully, shirts and t hats uh, down the road. And we'll go from there. And as you guys can see real quick, I'll show you. I picked up my mugs here from my brother. As you can see, these beautiful Woke Society's coffee mugs. They are worth the money. They're high quality. And they get the job done. They keep your coffee nice and warm. So we got that going on. And you guys, of course, can always send me a donation, one-time gift to the PayPal account as a donation and all that good stuff. So now that we got all that away, support. And yeah, and I always forget. Go to my social media, ladies and gentlemen. Go to my... Uh, Twitter. Go to my TikTok and go to twitch.tv slash That is a new channel that I'm starting. I'm going to be live streaming both YouTube and Twitch going forward. And I'm going to be creating a side gaming channel mainly, mainly for side income. I'll be completely honest. I still love gaming and all that good stuff. And it's just going to be a way to get some side income if I can get the channel to where I need it to be. But also, but also, it's a perfect way for me to reach out to a younger audience and get them here at the YouTube channel. So that is that. So what are we going to be talking about today? Can we first celebrate and laugh at this news right now? For everybody that called me out and said I was being 
facetious, being div, uh, div, dividing the Q group, and all these other messages. What do we have here? What you are looking at, ladies and gentlemen, is this is a court record. This is Austin Steinbar, as we all, all like to call him, Austin Steinlarp. He was arrested earlier in the month. And you know what he was arrested for? Cyber harassment. And his court date is today. And here's a record of it. I'm going to link this all in the description below so you guys can all read the details. But guess what? Do you think Q would have gotten himself arrested? And you want to know why he got arrested? Because he was threatening entities. I think he was threatening Twitter and a bunch of other entities because even big tech was starting to catch on to him and they shut him down. And he was threatening entities online. And I'm at this point, I'm pretty sure he has, he has mental issues because it's weird. He deleted his old channel. He deleted his old channel. And the only reason why I know this is because I blocked him weeks ago. I blocked him weeks ago. And YouTube started recommending, get this, his new channel called The Q Signal, which has about 3,000 subscribers right now. I watched two minutes of this bum talking. And I had to turn it off, obviously. But I was just curious to see what this clown was saying. He, there's something mentally wrong with him. And now he got arrested. And now all of you calling calling us out, saying we're, we have egos and all this other crap, look what happened. This is kind of a we told you so moment, and I hate being that guy, but guess what? This movement means the world to me, and when someone comes in and tries to cause problems that's so obvious, that's so obvious, we're going to call them out. And if you get upset about that, then this isn't the channel for you. Go somewhere else. Go unsubscribe and go follow the clowns. That is what you want to do? You're more than welcome to. You're not welcome here. And that's okay. This is my show, and I can say that. So that made me laugh because everyone knows today as well. Austin, uh, not Austin Steinler, Alex Jones is supposed to be revealing who Q is today. And me, along with a bunch of other people, started to think maybe Austin Steinler is going to make an appearance on Alex Jones' show today. I don't know. That could still maybe possibly happen. Maybe after his court date today, after his court hearing, he's going to stop in at the uh, studio and still proclaim his Q. Who knows? But that made me smile this morning. That gave me, that gave me a good, good feeling in the heart. And uh, again, we're just trying to protect innocent people from being going along with the wolves here. So, in other news, the State Department refuses to back Hillary Clinton attempt to avoid deposition. Look at this. Hillary Clinton, of course, does not want to go into a court and talk about emails, talk about Benghazi, does not want to talk about any of this stuff. So, of course, she put in... She put in a, like a, what is it called? She wanted to not go to the deposition. There's probably a better word for that, but let's read it. The State Department on Monday rejected Hillary Clinton's effort to avoid depositions for herself and her former chief of staff in a lawsuit brought by the government watchdog organization Judicial Watch. The former Secretary of State and her former top aide, Cheryl Mills, are seeking a writ of mandamus to avoid a judge's order requiring their testimony in an open records case involving Clinton's use of private email server for government business. The government did not seek and thus does not support the extraordinary relief a man must do to the unique circumstances of this case, reads the State Department's response signed by multiple members of the Justice Department. So maybe all this in, all this time, Trump's been cleaning up the swamp and he's still cleaning up the swamp. He called the State Department the Deep State Department not too long ago. Straight up called him out. We saw Fauci grab his face with his little rat face and uh, kind of smirked and laughed at it. But it looks like the State Department's not caving in on Hillary Clinton's uh, demands that this this does not happen. So it looks like she's going to have to go to court. And oh boy, isn't that going to be glorious? 
So I wanted to give you guys that update as well. There is a lot, a lot, a lot of news going on in just between yesterday and just this morning. So I'm going to go through this fairly quickly here. I want to just jump back to Fauci. I know we had a huge live stream on him the other night. But look at this. Why is Fauci, this is from Patrick Halley on Twitter. Why is Fauci so tight with the press? He gestured positively in the direction of John Carl, who lobbed him the softball that led Fauci to say that things might never go back to normal without max uh, without mass vaccinations. And you're going to see here in the video for everyone on the podcast, Fauci is here on the stage with on the briefings. And let me just play here. Hold on. And it's going to play again. Fauci does this little gun gun signal to uh, the reporter to ask him this lob softball question. He's such a rat, man. He's such a rat. But as you guys can see, this the, it's called hashtag fire Fauci. <laughs> Not only that, look at this. Patrick Halley also released this picture yesterday. This is before, if I had this for my stream, this would have been the first thing. He says, wow, a high-level source just sent me this photo. Says that it shows Dr. Fauci with George Soros and Bill Gates' father, among others. Sources say it's from 2001. Fauci identified as man, third from the left, right here. Right there. And we got Bill Gates' father, and then we have Soros here. And this is from 2001. So you're going to tell me right now that there isn't other alliances that Fauci has that were made way before Trump. Trump remember Fauci said in his video he had he's been with five administrations. And he's been, he's taken billions from Gates. He's worked with Gates. He is not only that, yeah, check this out too. Why does Dr. Fauci sit on the leadership council to launch the decade of vaccines headed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Is this why he doesn't like a pill cure? Must the answer always be a vaccine? Hashtag eugenicist, these people are sick. And this link here is directly, directly from the GatesFoundation.org. It says, vaccines are miracles, says Professor Alonzo. For just a few dollars per child, vaccines prevent disease and disability for a lifetime. We must make sure that people understand that vaccines are one of the best investments in health. The Leadership Council is comprised of Dr. Anthony S. Fauci, Director of NIAID, part of the National Institute of Health. So he also sits on the board Leadership Council for the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. Does anyone see a conflict of interest here? And this is what the episode is about today. Today it's about a war for the cure. This is a war for the narrative, a war for the cure. This is this this hydroxychloroquine is being made out to made out as the villain by the mainstream media that has all these nasty side effects, it's a last resort, it's not FDA approved and all this other shit. But guess what? You know what makes you know what makes money? Vaccines. You know what doesn't make money? Cures. It's not hard to figure this out. Not hard to figure this out. So as we go along here from Business Insider, this is something we were saying for months, for months, ladies and gentlemen, that Bill Gates was already in the works for making a coronavirus vaccine, already in the works. And we were told it is fake news. We're spreading lies and all this other stuff, getting censored. But here we are, April 6th. A potential coronavirus vaccine funded by Bill Gates is set to begin testing in people with the first patient expected to get it today. Now, how do you have a vaccine ready in April for a virus that we that we found out about 
early December and January, which we're going to find out that was also a lie. How is a vaccine already being prepared for this unless you were preparing for months already in advance? Right? It would make sense. It would make sense. So we have healthy volunteers in Philadelphia and Kansas City. Missouri will begin testing an experimental coronavirus vaccine starting this week. Inavio Pharmaceuticals, a small biotech in Pennsylvania, received regulatory clearance to begin testing. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and other nonprofits support funding into Invio's vaccine project. The biotech said it expects to have early safety data by late summer and aims to produce 1 million doses by the end of 2020. So this is the deep state plan, and I'm calling it the deep state plan because that's exactly what it is. The deep state plan is to have this virus um, come in, and there's no doubt by this time what we all know wasn't an accident. And if it was an accident, it was a perfectly timed accident to screw around with our election, to screw around with our economy and the world economy. And of course, the vaccine release date, because they're testing it right now in April, they're saying it won't be out till around November or after November. Mm. The timing of these things is so coincidental. You just got to love it. But let's not forget, Bill Gates had a home. 6,000 image child pornography collection was found in Bill Gates' employee. was found in Gates' employee took the rap. And I'm going to have all these links in here. We're not going to go into all of them because I have so much other content to get into today. But Bill Gates was also sued for forcing staff to watch child rape and murder. Of course, he flew with Epstein. And these are the links right here. These are from 2015. And this is from 2017. And of course, he's going to deny all of this. And Bill Gates also owns a private island in Belize. What did Q say about private islands? Bill Gates attests to four 23rd longest private yacht in the world with helicopter. Q asks, how many billionaires own islands? Do people travel to islands to fish? Microsoft coming soon. Q did say this. And let's not forget either. Bill Gates, Prince Alawad, an important partner ensuring kids around the world receive vaccinations. Every kid needs to have a vaccination. This is, this is his... This is his um, modus operandi. Everybody gets vaccines. Princess exposes decay, debauchery of Alawad, who was buying children traded as sex slaves. This is, again, who Bill Gates has associated himself with. With He has many partners. They're not all corrupt and child sex traffickers, but a couple of them are. Bill Gates and Prince Alawad brought four seasons for $3.8 billion. The same man that was, again, arrested for trading child sex slaves and of course i'm never gonna let this go bill gates refuses to reveal why he flew on the lolita express with jeffrey epstein four years after his release from prison while the billionaire was still chairman of microsoft don't forget people and bill gates met with jeffrey epstein many times despite his past gates has minimized his ties to epstein but an investigation reveals they had a closer relationship than previously known if i've and i've dug into all this before but i want to remind people who exactly Trump is going up against, what we're going up against, and the real story of what's going on and why these vaccines are being pushed. And this one here is what I want to show you. This is Look what Twitter's doing here. I want you guys to see this. I left this out here on purpose. This is from IET17. Bill Gates refuses to recommend nutrition, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and instead focuses entirely on vaccines and police state tracking. Don't forget, Bill Gates wants to enact this this vaccine technology that goes under your skin though it's like a digital library of if, if you're vaccinated or not and what vaccines you have and it goes underneath like a it's like a scanner technology this is what gates wants to implement 
That's what IET is talking about here when he says police state tracking. But take a look at the link here when you click it. This is from naturalnews.com. Look what Twitter does here. This is what Twitter is doing to censor any kind of information that does not fit the agenda. Look what they're doing. I've been on this site many times and have linked many stories from this site before. Never have I had a problem with this. So this link may be unsafe. The link you were trying to access may have been identified by Twitter or partners as being potentially harmful. They may steal your password or personal information and still malicious software programs collect your personal information has been associated with a violation. So it says, do you really want to do this? So you go to it and it's just a normal blog called Natural News, Defending Health, Life, and Liberty. And guess what? This site has does nothing but promote natural cures and natural remedies, a lot of homeopath, homeopathic uh, remedies, natural home remedies that actually work. And they, I'm not going to go into this, but... This is what this is the censorship I just came across just today. Just today. But it's very interesting. Not ever is a is natural natural vitamins introduced healthy eating, none of it's ever introduced. It's all going to vaccines. And the worst part is here, we had Henry Kissinger also weigh in on this entire thing. But not only that, Kissinger and Gates have a long-standing relationship. So let's look here. Bill Gates and Henry Kissinger have been very active during this coronavirus pandemic. Gates has appeared on numerous cable news channels promoting his foundation's work and how he seemingly foresaw the current pandemic. He's being touted as some kind of expert, and we're all seeing that. Again, remember he wanted to propose a depopulation as national security matters. Kissinger has made statements like this from a 2009 speech at the WHO or at World Health Organization where he discussed forced vaccination and referred to gen genetically modifying children. How wonderful. Business Insider is now reporting that Bill Gates is funding a coronavirus vaccine that just so happens to be far along, to be so far along, testing in people is set to begin today. And this was just yesterday. What you may not know is that Bill Gates is heavily invested in Big Pharma. He has also discussed openly the need to reduce the global population. The Wall Street Journal reported his foundation's move into pharmaceuticals back in 2002. And if Bill Gates is invested in these big pharma companies, then one must ask, does he stand to benefit financially? Of course he does. For example, from a Johnson & Johnson coronavirus vaccine, suddenly touting Bill Gates over the media as some kind of public health expert is not the best idea, especially when you look at some of the bizarre ideas he's, he has had in the past. For example, blocking out the sun to stop climate change by spraying sulfite particles from spe specially designed aircraft carriers. It's absolutely unreal. And let's look at Kissinger just for a moment. Kissinger said, I think Kissinger is correct when he says that President Trump is doing an incredible job and his ideas largely have been vindicated. But then he says that we need things like mass vaccinations, and I'm just not on board with it. Just not on board. And this is something that, this is from Kissinger, this is not something that can be dealt with in one country. He said there has to be a coordinated global response. And of course, just peddling and touting the globalist agenda. This has to be a global response. We need global resources, global this, global that. It's all horseshit. It's all horseshit. So I came across, let's see here. This is Bannon. I don't watch Steve Bannon, but I came across this link here, uh, this video link of him talking about Henry Kissinger as being the mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist Party. And we're gonna, I might rename the title of this, the CCP virus. Um, but we'll see, because that's exactly what it is, because the the, uh, the media is calling the COVID-19 
let's call it what it is. It's the Wuhan virus. It's the CCP virus. This was orchestrated by them and put out to the world. So let's look here what Steve Bannon has to say about Kissinger. Here we go. Henry Kissinger, I do not need to hear from you about the liberal world order at the Post. You are guilty, sir. You are guilty. You think you got blood on your hands for the bombings back in the Vietnam War? You have blood on your hands for this. You have been the mouthpiece and the prop for these people from the beginning. You propped up the Chinese Communist Party, and not just that, you took the blood money from them. You've been paid for decades by the Chinese Communist Party. It's all going to come out. All the Wall Street guys in business with them, all the corporatists in business with them, all the think tank guys in business with them taking blood money, it's all coming out. Okay? We're telling you, it's all going to come out. It's all going to come out. And the world is going to stand in judgment of you because you're just as bad as the devils. In fact, you're worse because you didn't even believe in the ideology. Here is you believe in the money. You took it for money. You believe in their ideology. They're totalitarian dictatorship. Everybody knows that. You took it for the money. On Wall Street, because you make more money. All the hedge fund guys in business with them, you're just as guilty as they are. Okay? You want to change the world order? Hey. And he just keeps going on and on and on about him. So you guys catch the, you guys catch the drift. This dude's no good. And I don't know much about Kissinger. I haven't dug into him. But from what he said, I saw this quote as well. Military men, this is from Kissinger, military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. This was just some of the surface stuff that I could find on Kissinger just, you know, quickly in a DuckDuckGo search. And um, not somebody that I would want to be friends with or associate with myself at all. But again, this is who Bill Gates and the, the elites of the world that people we're supposed to be looking up to are, are linking up with and cooperating with. So, wonderful. So I know a lot of negative news, right? Lots of negative news, but I promise you guys we're going to get positive and I'm going to blow your minds at the end of the show. So I want to show you guys this. This is from In Pursuit of Truth here, a tweet. Some think this woman is signaling, but I'm not too sure. This is, I think this is uh, Burks. This is one of the leading, the doctors that's always up there with Trump along with Fauci on these uh, briefings. She looks absolutely miserable. I'm going to show you the clip here. It says, this looks like severe anxiety and fatigue to me. Note her behavior when she speaks as opposed to when she has time to think. Whatever she's thinking about is causing real stress, and she can't stop thinking. Just look at this for a moment. And, and that is true. There were several days of backlog at some of the major labs that have been taken care of. We know now that the ACLA labs now have a 24 to 48 hour turnaround. They're doing well over 100,000 tests a day. We now have the Abbott machine that's point of sure, care. That's 18,000 of those instruments throughout the country. The Cepheid machine is now uh, all across the country with a 45. <laughs> you can see, this is someone recording over TV, obviously, but you can, you can just tell she's just over it she's over everything she looks sick she looks absolutely sick so i <laughs> i mean you probably i mean she's this is this is her life at this uh, this is everyone's lives at the moment but she's one of the people that's supposedly helping to get rid of this thing and she looks absolutely miserable and of course there's already decoders out there there's already q accounts trying to see if they can do morse code it's just stop just stop just stop it makes it tries me crazy so as we continue here, this is something that I want to talk about a couple of days ago. I just had the chance. This this was shocking, and this is from CNN. Rarely do I ever show any kind of article from CNN, but I saw this on multiple sources, so I know it's legit. Um, this was just the first article that I could find to come up with. So Google is releasing your location data to help fight coronavirus pandemic. 
So Google is publicly releasing the data it's already collecting about people's movements during the coronavirus pandemic. The company said it plans to publish a series of community mobility reports, aka we're going to track every footstep you take and be able to tell exactly where you are at all times to show the types of places of, of uh, places people are visiting across 131 countries and regions. The first report was published on Friday. Google said in a blog post it hopes tracking movement trends over time and by geography could help shape and inform governments and public health officials' response to the coronavirus pandemic. The reports, which contain data, data from two to three days earlier and tend to spot trends in how people are behaving and responding to social distancing, broken down by country and then by region. The reports will show how people are headed to retail and grocery stores, pharmacies, parks, workplaces, and more. It's also It'll also show how busy these places were before the pandemic. It's just, we all knew this was going to happen when this pandemic occurred. We were all going to try to see the infiltration of government, of big tech, um, into the the private sectors of our lives. Private sectors with jobs, private sectors with uh, these companies that, you know, have no, there's no connection with government, but here we are. We're using the virus as an excuse to completely overstep just our basic rights. And Google is going to be tracking people's steps as if that's going to do anything at all. What are they going to do? Send police out to these areas to keep people? It's it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. And it drives me insane. Drives me insane. Okay. All right. So we got through the uh, the BS of the day. Well, not almost, but we're gonna. It's gonna get better, but it's going to get more positive. I promise you. So, what more to cheer everyone up than to watch our president destroy reporters? We got two videos for you guys. Of course, you're gonna enjoy it. Enjoy them every single time. So let's look here. This one was from Trump talking to a, a reporter from Hong Kong, Phoenix, and he completely owns her. Let's watch. Actors. So I'll let you know. I mean, I, I hope they're going to honor the deal. We'll find with out. China, are you cooperating with China? I don't China? know. Uh, who are you working for, China? Do you work know, for China or are you with a newspaper? Kong. Who are you with? Hong Kong Phoenix TV. Who owns that, China? It's is it owned by China? Hong Kong. No, is it owned by the state? No, it's not. It's a private owned company. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, look, I'll let you know. I'll give you a good answer to that in a few months. I wanted to see what they do. Because it's time for them to help us, okay? It's time right now for China to help us. And hopefully they do. And if they don't, that's okay too. But we signed a deal. It was signed in with great goodwill and spirit. And it's time that our farmers benefited, our manufacturers benefited. And we'll see whether or not that deal is honored. And I think it will be, because I know President Xi, who I like and respect, and I think he will honor the deal he made with us. It just went into effect four days ago. I will see whether or not. In fact, I called up just a little while ago. I said, how are the farmers doing with respect to China? Are they buying the product as anticipated? And the answer was, yeah, I think so. But it wasn't the most positive, but it was it was starting. It was start- the deal just started. So uh, I'll let you know. But, you know, for many, many years, China ate our lunch because we had people in this position that I'm in right now that allowed China to get away with absolute murder. <laughs> absolute murder. Any actual report, do you work for China? Is that China state-owned? And we did, there was fact checks on this. And you can see it right here. 
Phoenix TV has been identified by U.S. intelligence agents as a major overseas outlet used to spread propaganda and promote the policies of the communist government in Beijing. So she can sit there and say it's privately owned, but it's all bullshit. We know what it's doing. We know what it's doing. It's for Chinese propaganda. So as we continue here, this was the this is just another one I was able to found uh, find here about John Carl from ABC. Trump absolutely destroys him. Let's watch this. This I love this. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh, I see. You didn't tell me that, John. You didn't tell me that. Did serve in the previous administration. You mean the Obama administration? Thank you for telling me that. See, there's a typical. Fake news deal. You asked me when she was appointed. I told you when she was appointed. You're a third-rate reporter. And what you just said is a disgrace, okay? (laughs) You asked me, you said, sir, just got appointed. Take a look at what you said now. I said, when did they, when did this person, how long in government? Well, it was appointed in the Obama administration. Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much. You will never make it. Go ahead, please. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. You will never make it. You're a third-rate reporter. We're never going to get this again. The only way we're going to get anything like this again is if uh, if Junior runs for president. And uh, I'm sure at some point he will make a run for it. And I'm sure he'll... he'll who knows? Who knows what will happen? But it's just so fantastic to watch that happen because we're not going to really see this ever again. Who knows? But he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Just shredding the media to the core. All right. So I want to throw this in here because I've never missed a chance to expose the media. If you guys that saw this one, this is CBS News. They went, they went, they went along with the story here of this nurse here. She's saying she quit her job because the conditions were so bad. There's no mask. Nurses are just working in uh, these terrible, terrible conditions. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the video. Here we go. America is not prepared and nurses are not being protected. The nurse had to make a difficult decision in order to protect herself and family members. I quit my job today. I went into work and I was assigned to a COVID patient on an ICU unit that has been converted to a designated COVID unit. None of the nurses are wearing masks, not even surgical masks in the hallways when they're giving report to each other. I had my own N95 mask. I told my manager I understand we're short on supplies, but let me protect myself. Let me feel safe. I have family that I have to come home to, and the way things are looking, this isn't going to get any better. So the video goes on for another another 10 seconds or so. And uh, Bernie Sanders got all that. This, this was spread all over Twitter like wildfire. And, of course... We have the Anons are fantastic. They dig and dig, and we found something on her, something completely ridiculous. This is from Rosie Memos, a great Twitter follow. So Bernie Sanders says, of course, tweeted this. It's insane that our nurses are being forced to care for the sick without masks and respirators. The department later must immediately issue emergency workplace standards. Blah 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 blah. Fear porn, fear porn, fear porn. And as you go here, this is what Rosie Memo said. Your girl wrote days before her histronic video that she had anxiety and bipolar depression, hadn't been working in the hospital for over a year. So this video was taken within a day she was back. Before that, she had bipolar depression, hadn't been working in the hospital for a year, and didn't know if she was ready to return. Maybe vet these people, just a thought. And not only that, she went on 
a Instagram. I guess she was trying to be a model, and things got really sketchy with that, and it completely destroyed her emotional state, mental state, and it says right here, I already suffer with anxiety and bipolar depression and was feeling a heavy toll while transitioning back into the ICU after being away from the bedside for over a year while she was trying to uh, get her career her career thing off the ground, whatever. I am now feeling already defeated before walking onto the battlefield. So, again, this is... <laughs> all these stories are untrue. It's all being inflamed by the media, and it's just funny to see this. And I, I was going to show another video. I put it on my Twitter. There's videos that were on local news networks of doctors taking care of dummies on respirators, which you can clearly see were dummies and they were saying they were patients and how the uh, hospitals are overfilled and they're really not and all this other stuff. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I wanted to throw this in here as well because these these reports you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of very recently and pro even today or so. These reports are the, these reports specifically are being demanded by the left by the lefties. This is the US Department of Health and Human Services Office of Inspector General. And I want you guys, the only thing I'm going to show you here, this report here is basically just to point out all of the negative things going on in the response to the crisis, what hospitals are in need of the most, all of the problems, none of the positives. But I want you guys to see the sources of, these, of where this review came from. This information is based on brief telephone interviews called pulse surveys. Con conducted from March 23rd through the 27th, 2020, with hospital administrations from 323 hospitals in 46 states, District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, that were part of the random sample. Our rate of contact was 85%. Interviews focused on three key questions. So you have random pulse surveys giving the information, the information that everyone's going to be looking at as far as the pandemic response, and they're coming from poll surveys <laughs> you can't make this stuff up you can't make this stuff up so i told you guys i have a lot of information today a lot of information today so let's get into the positives this is where i want this is where the meat and potatoes of the uh, episode are i know it took us a little while to get there but here we are so if you guys didn't hear a few days ago india was not going to allow um chloroquine their supply out of the country in fear that they might run out themselves but this was yesterday. India has now allowed the export of hydroxychloroquine to the United States and making an exception to its earlier ban on exports to keep supply for themselves. The decision follows a telephone conversation between Trump and PM uh, Prime Minister Modi on Saturday. And it's just basically saying, uh, this is from New Delhi, paying heed to the U.S. President Donald Trump's call India on Monday decide to allow export of the hydroxychloroquine, a drug seen as key in the treatment of the COVID-19 pandemic on a case-by-case -case basis. It also allowed the export of paracetamol, a popular anti-priactic, as well as some more drugs. So, is it, was it, the timing that Trump went and go, went and visited India, was this maybe, not, not planned, but it certainly helped the relations, and now we're getting it back. We are getting a supply chain of hydroxychloroquine from India that is going to help people immensely. And this is why I wanted to say there is a war going on right now on many fronts. This virus was something that was planned way ahead of advance, and here we are now dealing with it. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. We have no idea. But there is a war right now that Trump is waging 
on the deep state, and the deep state is also waged back on Trump. We all know this. But right now we have a cure that is being used as a case-by-case basis. It's not the perfect cure from what we understand, but it is curing the the uh, COVID-19. But on the other hand, you have interest groups, you have Bill Gates, you have Fauci, you have all these other people, big pharma, that are waiting to invest and roll in the money for the vaccine that won't be out to at least November, of course. So what is Trump doing differently to wage this war in his favor? What exactly is going on here? Well, right now, he's using the private sector of our country to wage the war and totally bypass the FDA and Big Pharma. And how is he doing this? This is an article from Uncover DC, and we're going to be hanging out. We're, I'm going to be getting a lot of uh, information from this blog um, going forward because it's fantastic reporting. Uh, Brian Cates here and Tracy Beans. We're, we're going to dive into their articles here because th- their their reporting is fantastic. So, how is America doing this? How is Trump bypassing these government agencies that have not helped us at all? So, as the days have passed by, it's become clear that ever than ever that. Oh my gosh. As the days have passed by, it's become clearer than ever that both the federal and state governments were completely unprepared to handle a black swan event like this. Almost every emergency system in this country has now been tested and found wanting these past few weeks. It has come out that the National Stockpile Protective Masks depleted during the swine flu epidemic in 2009 to 2010 was never restocked by the Obama administration. I didn't know that till today. During that 2009 pandemic, Work began on a vaccine that would today be able to prevent contracting coronavirus, but it wasn't followed up to completion once the threat the threat was over. That was a huge missed opportunity in hindsight. I didn't know that either till today. It has also been starkly revealed that many states had not done the required preparation for medical emergency like this. State to- stockpiles of medical supplies and equipment were seriously low if they were supplied at all. Instead of reacting as an elite member of the political class would have, Turning this massive crisis into an opportunity to expand government power over the private sector, Trump has done the exact opposite. As I explained in my last column here at Uncover DC, if the plan was to reduce Trump to helpless tears as he struggled impotently within a hopeless federal system designed to fail, that plan has utterly failed, and it has. Trump can work these miracles because he knew what to do and where to turn in order to make things happen, quickly instead of at their usual sedate government pace. While he has made excellent use of federal agencies in the emergency powers of his office, most of the critical response to this virus catastrophe has come from his recruitment of key private industry and business sector people. He has unleashed the full power of the private sector where the federal and state governments have utterly failed. He cut mounds of red tape, waived thousands of regulations, and has assembled the team of Americans from all sectors to work together to respond to this imminent threat. This sounds just like what happened in World War II when the country galvanized together put all their resources together to the war effort. Same thing is happening now. So testing and virus-fighting drugs, what is he doing to bypass and use the private sector? It was projected that it would take weeks, if not months, for new testing kits to be produced. Private sector ingenuity unleashed on that problem blew all the projections away. While the press whined about it daily, the testing numbers have skyrocketed as over a dozen companies worldwide tackled the problem and produced new tests and rushed them into production. One such newly developed test can accurately diagnose whether a person has the CCP virus in, a little, in as little as five minutes, and I love that Brian calls it the CCP virus because it's what it is. Walmart, Walgreens, Target, CVS, and other pharmacy stores quickly volunteered space for testing sites and streamlined their drug prescription systems to handle the coming workload. 
President Trump mentioning the early successful trials and results of the hydroxychloroquine AZT treatment of CCP virus patients actually led to Democrats in the DNC media instantly claiming those drugs were dangerous and it was the height of your responsibility for the president to give the nation false hope. Of course. And of course we have what's-his-face Adam Schiff trying to get a another report, um, another what committee going to investigate Trump's response. What a surprise, right? So... We have millions of hydroxychloroquine uh, pills are now available, donated by drug companies like Bayer and Novartis, Mylan and Teva to help in this fight. Now, what do you see here? Donated, donated by drug companies. So no one's making money off this cure, but we want to push vaccines. Let's look at the ventilators. Where are the ventilators coming from? Ford and Tesla shut down their factories to retool them to make new and much needed ventilators. General Motors is also aiding in this effort, but more on that in a minute. And let's not forget that many of the medical uh, companies that have long made ventilators kicked their production to high gear weeks ago. They did not wait for the federal government or the states to make orders with them for new ventilators. And not only that, a lot of the local um, breweries around where I live, they've been, they've been making um, hand sanitizer. They completely outfitted their, their, their mechanisms to make hand sanitizer instead of, instead of alcohol, which is it's, it's crazy. This is this is what our country is about. Our states are taking care of each other without government oversight. They're able to oversee their own shit. It's federalism. This is where we've we have we've missed this. We've completely missed this. This hasn't happened in so long. So let's take a look. What else was uh, being made? Mass and other protective gear. Defense companies as well as clothing and pillow manufacturers are retooling their production lines to make masks, gowns, and other much-needed medical personnel protection equipment. Honeywell announced that they are hiring 500 new workers in Arizona just to produce new N95 masks while United Technologies began the production of face shields. So this is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Trump is bypassing what other presidents would normally not do. They would go through the FDA. They would go through the government at a slow-ass pace. Trump, he ain't, do, he ain't playing that game. He's finding a cure now. He is helping. He's giving he's giving uh, Americans jobs and things to do while this virus ends, and it's helping the uh, co- and it's helping the country recover at the same time. But the media does not want to see this. They don't want to report on it. They don't want to do have anything to do with it at all. But let's look at some more good news. We're just going to rip through these articles here, and then we're going to hang on the last two because they're they're bangers. New York hospital discharges outpaced new admissions for fourth straight day. This was just reported two days ago. Hospitals in New York State have discharged more COVID-19 patients than they have added for four days in a row, according to the latest data from the state hit hardest by the CCP virus pandemic. Hospitals in the state discharged 1,709 COVID-19 patients on April 4th while admitting 574 patients. The number of daily discharges had also surpassed the daily admissions on the three prior days. State data shows. So some good news and even more good news. Oregon, Washington return ventilators to national stockpile for use in harder hit states. The states of Oregon and Washington have returned hundreds of ventilators to the strategic national stockpile for distribution to other states and of course that most of those ventilators are going to new york city because obviously that's where they are hit the hardest and as we keep going here the ccp virus u.s hospitalizations way below projections um, i'm going to put all these articles here in the description so you guys can read them below but i report on this uh, last week 
that the models that were created to base all the responses to this, all the social uh, distancing, were based on models that were severely, severely inaccurate. And we're going to get into that in just a moment as to when did this virus actually begin? When did it touch down? And as of yesterday as well, we're going to probably see this again today. The Dow surges by 1,627 as markets eye eventual COVID-19 peak. And I believe we've already at that. We might already be at that peak and it's going to go down from here. Now, why do I have so much confidence? This article right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the most important article of the episode. And I can personally attest to what is being talked about in this. So let's take a look. This is from Tracy Bean. She is on also Twitter. Everyone right now needs to go follow Tracy Bean. She is an excellent, excellent reporter. Her and um, Frank from Quite Frankly do a podcast, I think every afternoon, called Dark Delight. It is wonderful. She has some excellent information. So this this right here, and you're, um, you're going to see it. I saw it on... Um, a US, USA Today article saying that they're seeing all these articles coming out that the virus was actually here in November and that China was lying way, they were completely lying about when this was starting and think they couldn't contain the, uh, the information about the virus as of December and that's why it got out in December and we saw the two doctors that filmed themselves saying this virus is, is what it is, it's bad and they, they got the virus and the other one disappeared, right? So, this is what this is about. This is real information here. The curve is already flat. And this evidence suggests that COVID-19 was here in December. So let's take a look here. Flatten the curve has become the rallying cry of politicians, public health officials, celebrities, and social media users who believe that without extreme social distancing measures, the American healthcare system will invariably be overwhelmed, resulting in several million unnecessary deaths. The theory goes that if we succeed in flattening the curve, millions of lives will be saved. It's important to remember that a flat curve is not one in which no one gets infected. A flat curve is one which, at its peak, does not create enough critically ill patients to overwhelm the healthcare system. The model with the most profound impact on public health policy was produced at Imperial College on six, March 16, 2020. It compared the health outcomes of suppression, lockdown with less restrictive policies, and predicted that millions in the United States and United Kingdom would die from COVID-19 unless aggressive containment measures were instituted immediately. Since publication, new data has challenged the Imperial College model and its projections. Points of con contention have centered around hospitalization, fertility, fatality, and transmission rates. The lead author of this study has since revised the fatality expectations substantially downward. So there are some adjustments being made in the initial assumptions, and we've seen this all over the place. These scientists, right, that people look to up as gods, to make these decisions were all wrong. What a surprise. But there's one data point being used in all the prevailing models, including Imperial, that no one is talking about. When did the COVID curve begin? And it's important, and it's an important point. How can we interpret interpret the data we currently have if we don't know where on the time axis we actually are? So starting the curve. C date is a term used in pandemic epidemic. <laughs> I'm not going to try right now. To identify when a disease was first established in a specific location. Knowing that date, or at least an approximate range, allows scientists and data modelers to calculate how far the disease has spread, how fast it's spreading, and use that information to design effective responses. 
Determining when a disease originated and implementing effective test track isolate protocols is critical to the, to the effective management of infectious diseases. Suppression is a far easier process when you have the cooperation of governments and health authorities who value transparency and knowledge sharing. Management becomes much tougher when you are confronted with a virus, especially the one that spreads as silently as COVID did, whose country of origin attempted to hide its existence. And that's not fake news anymore, ladies and gentlemen. We know what China was doing. They were hiding this. They wanted this to get out. When the Imperial College model relied on Chinese data about the origins of COVID-19 and presumed that COVID was seeded in the United States in early January, they were likely predicting their output on flawed input. Because the first confirmed case of COVID in the United States was identified January 20th in Washington State, setting the seed date a week or two earlier must have seemed reasonable, but it's not. China went to great lengths to hide the existence of COVID by censoring communication about the disease and ordering lab samples destroyed. They lost control of the narrative on December 30th when two physicians, Ai Fen and Li Wanlang, one of whom has died and the other who has since disappeared. I just said that. Attempted the day before the two warned colleagues of cases of SARS at their local hospital. China then reported an unknown pneumonia to the WHO on December 31st, and on that same day, claimed they had not found evidence of human-to-human -human transmission, so they were lying once again. And according to Straits Times, around that time, December 27, 2019, doctors sent at least eight other patient samples from hospitals around Wuhan to multiple Chinese genomics companies, including industry heavyweight BGI, as they worked to determine what was being behind a growing number of cases of unexplained respiratory diseases. The results all pointed to a dangerous SARS-like virus. That was days before China notified the WHO on December 31st about the emergence of an unidentified infectious disease two weeks before it shared the virus genome sequence with the world. And crucially, more than three weeks before Chinese authorities confirmed publicly that the virus was spreading between people. During and likely before that time, asymptomatic carriers were rapidly spreading the virus throughout one of the most densely populated internationally connected cities in the world and beyond, which we know was Wuhan. China did not release the RNA sequence required to create a COVID test until January 12th. The virus had already spread so far by that time that the first confirmed case outside China was discovered in Thailand the very next day. That is super important. That's how you know for sure China was lying. It got as far as Thailand and that was within a day. So that tells you right there, it was probably a month to two months already, we were already behind the timeline of when COVID actually took place. So two months right here, elapsed between the COVID, between the date China claims COVID originated and when the test sequence was made available. That means there were at least 60 days of undocumented spread of, highly, of a highly transmissible, often asymptomatic virus. COVID could have seeded itself all over the world and spread undetected for several months and no one could have even tested because there was no test that could confirm COVID-19 until weeks into January 2020. Now this is where it hits, per, hits home personally. A mysterious flu-like illness arrived in the U.S. in November 2019. Stating that COVID is just a flu has become a notorious trigger for the outrage on social media sites, statistics, and debates about varying characteristics and severity and inevitability ensue, but the comparison is the product of the indistinguishable overlap in their perspective symptoms. And we all know the symptoms. We've seen them a million times. In December 2019, the UK's National Health Service reported that they were experiencing an exceptionally bad flu season and conducted media outreach to encourage citizens to get their flu shots in hopes the campaign might curtail the outbreak. 
and the number of patients rushed into intensive care with the flu is three times higher than it was last winter. Many of those calls, doctors' visits, and hospitalizations categorized as flu-like illness may have been due to the novel coronavirus which the UK did not know to be looking. It was not able to test and ergo assumed that it was just the flu, especially given the exaggerated degree of severity noted at the end of the article. Because many of COVID systems are so similar to the flu, a good place to look for indications of COVID's early presence in the U.S. is in the CDC flu surveillance data. If COVID were widely disseminated in November or December, its presence would have likely caused an increase in doctor visits shortly after it began its rapid spread. And it absolutely did. It absolutely did. This gray line right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the line, the spike line of 19, year, 2019 to 2020 and is clearly higher in visits between the year before and 2017. Clearly see the gray line right here on the graph. Nearly twice as many IOI visits were reported during the beginning of the 2019-2020 flu season than were reported in either of the two previous years. By December 2019, there were over 80,000 U.S. patients seeking treatment for flu-like systems, and I want to tell you right now, that was me in December. I haven't gone to the doctor. I don't know how long. December, it was, Christ, it was Christmas Eve. I started feeling headaches. My lungs were hurting. I, it was hard to breathe. I was coughing. I never get coughs, ever. And on Christmas, I was so sick. I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I couldn't even bend over. I couldn't do anything. I was a mess for three days straight, and I was miserable. I couldn't sleep. It was the worst the worst sickness I've ever gotten to the point where I actually went, I had to go to the doctor to get a doctor's note for work because I was out for so long. And I'm like, man. And they, you know, the doctors just diagnosed it as flu-like symptoms. You just have the flu. And it was starting to break after the fourth day, but I didn't get any treatment for it. But I have never to this day in my entire life have ever gotten a flu or cold that bad than the one I had just this past December. And when this whole entire thing came out that uh, the coronavirus wasn't over here till then, I was like, the symptoms and the things people were saying, it sounds like a lot of what I went through. And thank God I didn't give it to my wife or my child. Um, yeah, my wife or my son. But I highly believe this virus was here way before, way before we were even testing for it, even knew that it was over here. So as we continue, we're almost done here. Even 2017-18, the most deadly flu season in four decades did not produce either the volume or the extended duration of IOI visits that year that we have seen over the past six months. So pretty much it's just saying, it's just saying the it would make sense for the spike of flu cases this past November and December. It would logically make sense that maybe this virus was out here already. We just didn't know about it. And if we, we couldn't even test for it. So let me see here. I just want to make sure. So why does this matter so much? So the path forward for COVID response, U.S. healthcare and the global economy is very different when you assume November 2019 was the beginning of the pandemic. Shifting the COVID seed date 60 days back in time means the impending peak that everyone fears 60 days from now may be happening in real time. It means that we are grossly overestimating the case fatality rate and that we fear is just the beginning may actually be the peak. It's possible that COVID curve is already flat because if we are if we are at or nearing the peak, we are effectively coping with the healthcare demand. And not only that, but a large segment of the U.S. population may already be immune. 
rendering most, if not all, of the impending economic damage unnecessary. Guys, it's is it's this is a cra- it's been a crazy year, and 2020 has not you know has lived up to the hype so far. But man, we knew something was going to happen to derail Trump, derail the momentum, derail the economy, the world economy. The globalists got what they wanted. It's certainly interrupted. It's the only most of the damage has been done to the economy and people not working. People have died. People have died, and it's sad to say, and we think about those people, people have died from this. But I honestly believe this virus is around here, November, December, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. Me personally, going through the sickness that I had, it sounded exactly what this was. Exactly what this was. So I would love to know what you guys think. Love to know what you guys think on this. You guys are going to see that this put this narrative here that this virus was here earlier. You're going to see, watch mainstream media, watch social media. They're going to be putting censorship on all this stuff. So get it out there. Let everyone know. Um, I was going to get into a couple more articles, but this one's gone over way too long. So again, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you out there on the YouTube world. Thank you all for listening. Go to my YouTube page here. Woke Societies, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends and family about it. Let everyone know that this channel exists to come for good information, to be educated, not to get all the answers, but to ask the right questions. Go to my Patreon and become a patron for those as a dollar a month. Go to my BitChute as a backup channel. And of course, my WokeSocieties.com webpage where you can all go to my podcasting links and my store and my PayPal where you can always donate as a one-time gift. So. That is the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be around the rest of the week. It's been wonderful being off and being able to dive into this stuff at a full time. Man, you can do so much more work when you don't have to be enslaved to the corporate man. So there it is. Check out everything. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, stay woke.